0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be discussing who and what your higher self is, what they do and don't do, and how you can connect with this aspect of yourself consciously. Becoming embodied is not a random process. We aren't thrust into any old situation with hopes that we'll thrive. Each transformation into matter is carefully pre-planned like a NASA mission to the International Space Station. We can't know exactly what will happen, how it will happen, or if what we plan will actually happen, so we carefully select or create every single thing to be exactly what we need we also put a multitude of contingency plans in place to deal with what might go wrong as well as setting things up to minimize the margin for error. All of this because, just like launching tons of material and fragile human bodies into space, no matter how much we do, we aren't fully in control of the situation. We can never know until the actual moment what will happen. And once things are in motion, there's no turning back. So when we enter into an embodied life, we don't bring everything we are. We bring what we need. Then the mixing begins. Creating a human existence is a bit like making a cake where there are wet and dry ingredients. How much of each and how well you mix them in part determines whether you'll have a rich and heavy or light and airy cake. The body contains the element for forgetfulness and the instincts for survival. The more body you have, the more you'll forget who you truly are, anything about how the grander scheme of things works, or even that it exists. However, on the plus side, you'll be able to focus on this life and the lessons you intend to learn. The soul contains wisdom not only from past lives, but also from the life it lives in between them. The ability to understand the bigger picture of things and skills to navigate the more intimate and intricate ways Beings interact, such as through akasha, prana, or chi exchange, telepathy, multi-dimensional existence, and so on. The more soul you have, the more intuition, psychic gifts, inherent abilities, and a deep understanding of the interconnected cosmos will remain accessible to our conscious existence. For those not here to learn lessons, but instead to be of service to others, an additional factor is added. Empathy for others as we experience it here, while existing in one form within the soul, is not derived from the mixing of soul and body. It would require too much of an individual soul to be here, which would prevent the forgetting process of the body, as well as overwhelm its social filters, protective measures, and instincts for self-preservation. This can cause mental illness or the inability to function in normal society which means all the work to prepare and enter into the life goes askew. Instead, empathy is triggered rather than brought with us, and most commonly this is done by choosing a childhood which is difficult in some way. For most, it's choosing parents who are not good at parenting, or are not good at parenting us in the most basic to even extreme ways. Through our own breaking and subsequent attempts and successes in healing, We bring on not only empathy, but the desire to help others who struggle. So if we don't bring everything we are in coming here, then where's the rest of us? First, while it's difficult to conceptualize, it's important to keep in mind the soul has no substance. While we who are in discrete bodies can only be in one place at one time, the soul has no such limitation. It's much more accurate to speak of the soul as truly and skillfully multitasking. It's attending fully every instant to this embodied life while still attending to soul life within the Akashics, and holding conversations with others, and so on. However, to discuss the nature of the soul and all of its various aspects this way can become a very dry, precise, and academic exercise So, instead, I'll be referring to the soul in ways which are more experiential and make sense to us from our point of view. One way to understand the soul is to think of it like a rubber band. When at rest, it has a loose shape which is easily adjusted but nevertheless is its own. It can interconnect with other objects, even other rubber bands, taking on new and different shapes while still retaining its own sense of self. When a soul enters into embodied life, it's as if it's been stretched between a thumb and a forefinger. It may be stretched to its limit, or it might just be stretched enough to get the job done, but there is tension applied which gathers energy into it ready for release. The part of the soul which enters into a human being is the part connected with the thumb. Depending on your hand and the size of the rubber band, this is about one-tenth of the soul or so. The rest remains outside. It's completely connected, aware of what's going on with the thumb part, and prepared to take whatever action necessary, whether to spring into action or release. The part of the rubber band which is not touching the thumb, the other nine-tenths of the soul, this is your higher self. In your physical body, your connection is easily detected across the top of your head. Placing your hand on the top of your head not only puts your hand into the universal akasha flow, but connects you consciously with the filter barrier which keeps your consciousness within linear time and keeps the universal now outside of it. The term higher self is relatively vague for most people. It's one of those things referred to without really being defined and can mean a great many things depending on the context. Some think of it as another name for their concept of soul, which is imagined to be a small atom somewhere hidden in the body. The soul can seem as the engine which allows us to live, but for all other practical purposes is not involved with embodied life. Others see the higher self as a perfect version of the individual, somewhat like Plato's notion of the perfect form for each thing. His theory of form supposed that beyond embodied life there were the essential forms from which all things derived, like The perfect, all-encompassing chair, which was the model for all chairs which have or will ever be. Others think of the higher self somewhat like the most powerful and wise guide or angel we can have. It knows more than anyone else about us and our lives, so if we could just listen well enough or contact it somehow, the wisdom would lead us to a perfect solution for any situation. For millennia. Religions, spiritualities, and indigenous cultures have been aware of the higher self. It's most often described and referred to as if it's a separate self or a part of us which is disconnected from this life, hovering over us like an angel providing wisdom if we're willing to listen. This is in part because for most people, the point of embodied life is to ignore the higher self aspect of themselves and focus on lessons to learn, experiences to have, and life to live. Knowing about or having a conscious relationship with the unembodied aspect of themselves would interfere with these goals. However, our higher self is a connected part of us, which retains our wisdom, experience, and understanding of the bigger picture concerning all of existence, and so speaks from a much deeper understanding of any given situation we're in. Because of this and the fact we're living out an embodied experience, which is radically different from our normal existence, Our experience of this aspect of ourselves can be as if it's a separate entity altogether. Like a guide or an angel, it can seem as if this being is looking out for us and attempting to guide us through life in those brief moments when we're able to recognize something beyond our physical reality. In actuality, our higher self is very much looking after us, attempting to support us through our sojourn as a human being, loving us through every moment, and providing guidance as needed. While this aspect of the soul is completely aware it's involved in an embodied life, in linear time, experiencing complete interconnectedness with other embodied beings in a web of life which is finite and even the finiteness of a lifespan, it maintains itself outside all of this process. Think of this somewhat like sitting on the edge of a swimming pool with your legs over the side. Doing this, you're completely aware your legs are in the water, experiencing the water's feel, temperature, and the buoyancy it provides, while at the same time, you are not in the water. The majority of you is sitting on relatively dry land, experiencing normal gravity with the air on your skin. Due to the nature of embodied life where we're meant to ignore or even forget this duality, it can feel as if our higher self is a small, distant, and distinct entity. It can seem as if we need to seek it out or Find some special means of connecting because the separation between the experience of each now in linear time is so very different from the ever now of timelessness they can seem like different universes. As for the higher self being a more purified version of our embodied selves, there's some truth to this. The portion of us which remains in the Akashics free of linear time is also free of the forgetting necessary for us to live an embodied life. It remembers everything we've been everything we are, the plans we've made for this life, as well as everything we're doing, being, and becoming, which is beyond the embodiment process. In fact, it's often continuing to study, be of service, and interact with others while we're here, just as we can have our legs in a pool, while at the same time reading a book, holding a conversation, texting, and taking phone calls. Our higher self is involved in the logistics of being embodied. It's the conduit through which akasha or life force flows into us. The universal flow, which enters into our crown chakra, comes directly through our higher self to us. At the same time, our higher self is receiving all of the experience and becoming which we achieve in this life, processing it as it flows out of our crown chakra and into the akashics. This is in part how each instant of our life is recorded in our soul book. It's incorporated into our essential self in real time. When working with beings either in the Akashics or here, it can be confusing trying to figure out who we're speaking to or who's providing what wisdom when. Each of us has a team of three to seven guides who are working with us specifically to support us in living a corporeal existence. We also have a teacher, someone who has helped us grow and mature into the soul we are to date, who helps us select, create, and prepare this embodiment, and who will meet us when it's complete. There are other beings, such as totems or spiritual teachers, who may work with us in addition to all this, all of which can work with us consciously if this is what we planned or in the background so as not to interrupt our work. Our higher self can seem like one more being in this mix. So who is speaking when, doing what, helping us through this experience or that? The higher self is notable as much for what it doesn't do as for what it does. Unlike guides or other beings, your higher self won't just appear in meditation or dream time with some physical form. It doesn't warn you you're close to missing your exit on the freeway, nor does it interfere when you're entering into a situation which might not be right or the best option. These are things your guides are responsible for. Your higher self does respond to requests or questions, usually those which are most emotionally driven or most key to who we truly are as a being. These responses are usually gentle, compassionate, and complete without being leading, which can be both uplifting and frustrating. Knowing we plan to make choices for ourselves here, that we have free will and we're required to be responsible for our actions and choices, the answers our higher self provides are usually full of good humor and clear information, but lacking in mandates or direction. The knowingness of who we truly are, that all will be well, We are eternal and there is a way to get through or achieve something seems to radiate from our very core. These come from our higher self extending more of our true nature into this embodied life, extending more of us for the moment so we can remember who we are and experience our native wisdom. We're connected with our higher self in each instant and we also work more consciously with this aspect of ourselves several times a week in dream time. Think of these dreams as moments when we release some of the tension on the rubber band. This allows the embodied aspect of ourselves to get back into sync with our life at home in the Akashics. The most common experience of this is catching the tail end of a dream where a class is just ending and we're gathering our books along with all the other students and leaving. For some, this looks like a contemporary school setting. For others, like the Greek philosophers teaching in the open air of the city, and for some it will seem as if the room is in the Akashic library or even a formal temple setting. What we learn is incorporated in all aspects of our soul, with those parts helpful for the life fed into the physical system for sorting later, and upon waking, the tension on the rubber band has been restored. Our higher self is above all composed of love. Love for every aspect of ourselves in this moment and every other. It's often the feeling of overwhelming love people experience during near-death experiences or NDEs, or even in critical stress events. Our higher self is what we access when we move beyond the moment into timeless love for self and for others. It's what fills us when in times of crisis we seem to shift into sublime awareness of the bigger plan and move to set the right things in motion without any conscious understanding of what it all means. Each of us has the ability to consciously connect with our higher self to receive wisdom, rejuvenation, and love. There are many ways to do this. One is to work with your own body and akasha through meditation to move your consciousness back through the linear time filter at your crown and into timeless oneness. I have a higher self meditation on my website, which you can use to guide you through the process. You can download it from my freebies page, and I have a link to it in the podcast description and that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in Patreon-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.